Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Darsh Shah. And I'm Dr. Altamash Raja. And welcome to Medicine Redefined, a podcast where we will explore the often overlooked but necessary components of health, what we consider to be the fundamentals. We will investigate topics and practices that can give you and your patients the best chance to optimize a healthy lifestyle. It's time to move the needle forward and put the health back in healthcare. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Medicine Redefined here. Um, got my buddy, Dr. Alt Raja. Uh, so, Dr. Alt, what did you think of our, uh, our our latest episode with Dr. Simone Maven? It was awesome, man. I was I was really excited to to chat with her. Obviously, it had been a little while since we uh, got to catch up, so that was obviously good. But uh, but I learned a lot, you know, not only about her journey, but how how you know, gave me ideas of how I can continue to call audibles and pivot. And and when I look at my future practice and on what it is that, you know, what gaps need to be filled and and different ways we can go about it. Obviously, um, that's what's cool about this is, you know, again, both of us are still training and we've been obviously thinking about our future practice, but it's good to, to really speak with the people who are actually doing that and then, you know, bouncing ideas off them. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more, man. Um, you know, for me, just launching into my intern year, you've been doing this for a while, you know, gearing up for sports medicine. Uh, it's really refreshing for me kind of to see where, you know, I may end up and how I may practice, you know, em- emulating you guys, Dr. Simone, um, and just looking at the different avenues out there, right? And I think that's the one of the biggest takeaways um, from our episode is that she's a physiatrist. She was really good hands-on sports medicine, she said. And typically when we think of somebody going into fellowship, you think of doing fellowship in something you're already good at, right? Or something that you're interested in. But she chose to kind of do the opposite and said, hey, I'm not that great at injecting people in their back. I'm not that great at spine medicine. I want to get better at this. So let me go into a spine pain medicine fellowship at Hopkins. And so that she could fulfill that kind of quality and get better so that she could become more comprehensive. That was, you know, I've never heard of that or I've never seen anyone really do that. Yeah. I mean, we tend to all have an affinity towards what we like, what we're good at, um, because everybody likes being good, right? <laughs> at, yeah. at, at some type of skill. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure there's people out there, but I agree with you. I think they're few and far between. And, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of really stuck out and, and resonated with me a little bit, um, as she was talking about her journey and how she got there and um, the decisions that she had to make at such an early, you know, early standpoint in our career, and it was it really got me thinking. And that you know, as, as early as high school, um, I'm guilty of this myself. I see you know people in college or high school or medical students who are kind of starting, and I'll ask them, oh, um, you know, what do you think you'll do with that? Do you have any interest in what you might want to study? You know, we're asking kids in sophomore year, if you're going to go to college, do you want to study biology and this, when they get to freshman year, they kind of have to select a major, uh, depending on which institution they're in. Um, and it is challenging and not everybody has it figured out or the biggest part about it is not everybody has had the appropriate exposure to figure it out. And obviously it's easier now with social media and everything. And, and, you know, you're getting a lot of exposure, but still, um, the point that you made of how, you know, if you hadn't gotten the exposure to functional medicine, you might have not ever really known, hey, like, what do I truly love? Um, and, and how the neurosurgery story is so funny because you get such a, 
neurosurgery right. better. Um, but you know, again, that's kind of what attracted you to PM&R. And it's also what attracted me to PM&R for me, you know, the thing about physical medicine rehab was obviously I went into, I knew I wanted to do sports medicine because athletes, I, I am an athlete. I know I want to work with athletes. I feel comfortable doing that very much. So I'm in that first category, right? Not where she was. Mm-hmm. But then I learned about PM&R because I wanted to do a lot of non-surgical things. And then I was like, okay, this is for me. But my third year, I got to work with this exceptional, amazing physiatrist, Dr. Uh, Jordan Malenga, uh, which we, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And what was really cool is that his practice obviously is further developed than a lot of the folks that we're going to have on here. But he was doing a little bit of everything, right? Um, call it lifestyle medicine, a little bit of functional medicine, a little bit of integrative medicine. It was just like, you know, all of it together, orthobiological regenerative medicine, and in my mind, I was like, wow, this guy is not tied to any one philosophy. He's just trying to figure out what the best approach is. He's so open-minded. This He was the one telling people at conferences, what do you think about osteopathic medicine? And this guy was trained at, you know what I mean? I was so impressed with that. Talking about treating scalenes for brachial plexopathy type stuff. And so in my mind, I was like, wow, this is how physiatrists think. This is definitely the decision I made. Um, but so it was really cool that Simone was like, okay, you know, where she didn't know. And she was like, I'm good at sports. I'm, I've done, been an athlete, uh, but what, what can I do to be more comprehensive in nature? Um, and, and that's, that's the hope that we have. Right. I mean, so, uh, you know, we're, we were trying to get exposure to a lot of the young professionals, people in maybe undergrad or, or, you know, healthcare professionals who are early in their career to all these different avenues that they can go down, uh, and try to see what works best for them. Yeah, man, absolutely. And like for me as a pre-med coach, you know, I'm dealing with 18-year-old, 20-year-old undergrads all the time telling me, hey, I want to be a cardiologist or I want to do this. And I always tell them, hey, you got to keep an open mind, right? Like for me, I thought GI because of the microbiome and the whole feel and the boom. But then again, fell in love with PM&R once I really saw it. But it's tough with the medical education system that we're in because we often always are having to choose something before we even get exposure And once you kind of go down that rabbit hole, once you choose, it's very tough to kind of, you know, get out of it and then choose something else. Although people have done it right in their intern year, they choose surgery and they say, you know, surgery is not the life for me. I'm going to go into internal medicine or something else. So it's possible, but it's really tough to strike that balance. And for the people listening to this, especially if you are in pre-med or medical school, my biggest advice would be like, go out and try different things and get as much interest out there as possible. Go check out radiology, check out general surgery, check out all these things as much as possible during your first two years of medical school or even your elective time during your third year. If you're pre-med, take those gap years, do more shadowing. Um, But I just, there's not enough time that I feel where we can really delve in and see this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, So I just think that was the biggest takeaway was um, having enough time, right? And having enough experience to really choose what we really want to go into. Definitely, man. Um, so, you know, I'm currently in the middle of this book called Decisive. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Heath brothers. Um, Dan, yeah, 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 Dan and, and Tim. Chip. Yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, yeah. We, we had talked yeah, about yeah. one of their other books. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a recommendation yeah. by somebody. And it's it's definitely interesting. And the concept that this one concept he talks about is called Uching. I, I don't know why they <laughs> renamed this, but basically what it is, is talking about dipping your toe in the waters to see what the temperature is like before you decide to take a plunge, right? Um, the classic example for us, you shadow before you decide you want to go to medical school. You don't just decide that you want right. to jump into medical school, take tons of debt out and, and <laughs> commit 
three plus, uh, you know, four plus another three or five years of your life. That's not a good idea to do it. Um, but in, in, in other places, you want to take a jump. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? And hey, check out mm-hmm. all these things before you ultimately decide, hey, this is the one for you. Obviously, cardiology, neurology, uh, these things are so um, common and that everybody knows about a cardiologist just because they're mm-hmm. so important. But but that doesn't mean that's that's it. So um, so that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. what else, what else do you remember that kind of really sticks with you that you took the were take home points for you? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say real quick talking about books too. So I started reading, um, so good. They can't ignore you. Right. But Cal Newport oh, man. and what, and what he says, right. Is gather up those skills more than your passion, right? Like you got to figure out to become comprehensive, figure out what makes you different. And when I look back at what Simone was saying, you know, choosing to do spine cause she wasn't good at it. That's exactly following that advice from the book and, 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 and becoming great at everything so that they can't ignore you. <laughs> you know, exactly. So. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for you to finish that book so we can talk a little bit more about yeah, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> I took some rigorous notes on that one. Uh, oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and try to like go back, but yeah. And what's interesting now, this, uh, I'm not going down this path. This, this is not a book review yeah. here okay. <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, another thing, that I really enjoy talking to, uh, with her about was how she's actually incorporating some of these practices and her health coaching. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that was obviously super inspirational for me. You know, clearly she had an advantage where Vanderbilt was offering this course. So I think a lot of the folks will have limitations that they don't have this type of opportunity, but that doesn't mean that they can't seek that out if that's truly what they're passionate about. So, um, you know, one of the things that's really important is, you know, we can get all these certification, we can read all the books like you're talking about, but if you don't actually put it into practice, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was important for me to know how she's actually implementing the the health coaching stuff into her practice. And a quote that kind of resonated with me that she talked about is, you know, we have to prescribe personal training or strength training and this type of stuff, just like we prescribe medicine. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, how often have you heard uh, just people talking about if if we could put exercise into a pill and give it to people, it would literally be the single best drug ever for so many different ailments, right? For mental health, physical health, cardiovascular, oh oh my God, unbelievable. Um, And that's how she truly views it. Um, But obviously it's really hard to do uh, because everybody knows they need to exercise at some level not everybody is and obesity rates are just through the roof every single year. They're getting worse and worse and worse. And we're just headed in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the coaching aspect, I think that over the last couple of years, that's where I've shifted to try to be a better coach. That's what I talked about during my interviews with you know, sports medicine that, you know, Hey, physicians are coaches just like personal trainers are just like nutritionists are just like that, you know, all that stuff. And so, um, how do we connect with the individual? How do we get them to buy in? Um, obviously, you know, we've had a conversation with other people since. And so I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but, right. um, you know, the interesting th- thing was that she said that initially when she had learned, she, she's trying to take a step back and, and try to make it more behavior focused. And again, us in medicine, I think we are all very guilty of being uh, outcome focused, right? Did I get the right. A or not? right? Uh, did I get the hundred? Um, uh, if you were in the gym or did I get the significant personal record or the weight and stuff like that? So, um, I, I've, I've, I need to continue working on the behavior focus type stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, when it comes to her coaching, right? Like it's more than 70 hours or 70 sessions. She said sessions, exactly. more and each session could be more than an hour. So she's definitely put in the work to add not just a certificate, but a board, right? Board certified uh, health coach. And I think having that title, right? When, 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 when a patient comes to see you add so much more influence, because like you said, physicians are also coaches. And I've been twiddling my thumbs here talking to my wife, Mira, saying, hey, you know, I really want to be a life coach. I think it's something I want to do, especially as I go down this path towards integrative and functional medicine. And it's funny because I only know of life coaching. And for somebody like me who's really into this space, I feel like I should be knowing about all these other programs out there. But it's almost like they're so hidden from us. And so to our listeners, I know a bunch of pre-meds out there. I know I talked to a bunch of medical students as well saying that they want to be more preventative, that their goal should be having their patients not come into the hospital. And I couldn't agree more, but I think we also need to learn how to become better coaches. And so, you know, we need to start Google searching more about these programs that we can get certificates, that we can understand how to do modification um, when it comes to our own practice and having more of a team-based approach. Yeah. I mean, it's continuing education, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget where I heard this or if I'm the one who said it, honestly, um, because I've said it a couple of times, but um, I don't, yeah, I got to Google it so I can give credit. But um, I mean, that's why it's never, when you talk about physicians, it's called the practice of medicine. Mm, Yeah. Because I was practicing. Yeah. Despite being an expert, um, you are always learning, you are always practicing. And I think traditional sense when people talk about CME, in the medical curriculum, it's about going to conferences. It's about attending these medical lectures. But again, it goes back to if you keep going to these medical conferences and medical lectures, you're just learn getting better at what you already know. How right. about how about we start going to some nutritional courses? How about we start going to some, you know, strength and conditioning courses? Stuff that's outside our realm. You know, um, I think that that's also what we have to take a step back and somebody else. Um, said check our ego leave it at the door mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and be okay with going to these conferences about and learning from people who perhaps haven't done as uh, put as many years into education as we have but our experts our teachers know ahead of us i, I remember my, my dad telling me once um y- your teacher is just anybody who knows more than you or is just like further ahead of you in that specific it does not matter it could you could be 50 years old and like a professor at a, a prestigious institution. And then this could be a medical student or just an undergrad in a different class. Like that's your teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we just have to humble ourselves in that regard too. Um, and clearly I was, I mean, she had done that and she's spectacular about, Hey, just collaborating and learning. Um, you know, another one, and I think this is probably a huge take home point. Um, both of you and I have so many interests. Uh, we were just talking offline about, oh man, which way we go. Obviously, we like mm-hmm. orthobiologics. We like we learn to learn about sleep, learn about nutrition. Um, and I remember you asked her about the role of the primary care physician, you know, with all these things. And, uh, you know, in a, in a nutshell, her response was that you have to put the, the right team around you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, get the, the nutritional coach because she doesn't have time to, to, to be able to do that, even though um, she wants to, she's capable, she qualified, especially with the health coaching, but maybe her efforts are better suited. Like if it's a comprehensive visit, you know, she comes in, like, will you Sally comes in and, 
you know, she sees Sally for the pain, but she understands that Sally needs that nutritional account or excuse me, the couch uh, coaching for uh, smoking cessation. Right. She doesn't have time in that visit to be able to do that. However, before you leave today, the visit, you're going to make a stop next door over with Peter and Peter's going to talk about that. And then you're going to make, you know what I mean? So ultimately, I think that obviously there's a lot of reformatting that needs to happen with the mm-hmm. healthcare model as well. Uh, but that's good too. So when I think about that, I'm so excited and interested in learning more about musculoskeletal ultrasound, but I can't see a patient in the way that we have set up our traditional medical model and in a 30 minute, if we're lucky, 30, 40 minute visit and get a good history and physical, get a, do a good diagnostic scan and then also treat their, them, do some OMT um, yeah. and then also talk about nutrition <laughs> Uh, and then teach them some home exercises. There's just no right. way. Uh, yeah, like um, a four-hour visit. <laughs> yeah, it, like that's not going to happen. So right. uh, the, that's where putting our teammates, you know, and finding the right teammates so we all bounce off each other. Um, yeah. I mean, these yeah. are simple things, right, dude? These are so simple, but it's, it's, uh, yeah. for some reason, it's not happening. I don't know why. I'm starting to see uh, wellness centers start to use that model a little bit. I agree. Um, where they go like, you know, one after the other OMT to their actual medical doctor, to the nutritionist, dietitian, and, and, and all, and all words, PT, whatnot. And I think that's just, it's the model that works. It's just, how do we infiltrate the whole healthcare system to get this team-based approach? Because as our listeners will see in future episodes, you know, it's, it's, it's not just physicians talking to physicians. It's also physicians talking to strength coaches, talking to physical therapists, talking to dietitians, because they are experts in their field. And that, is also medicine, right? It's also what our patients need, not just pills, not just a doctor talking to them. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. I just, you know, that type of practice is what we need to see more and more of. 100%, man. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously that that's like above our pay grade and, and we're hoping people smarter yeah. than us will figure it out. But here, here we are doing our part. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think like this and um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the whole wellness center, um, thing is starting to pick up. And every time I, I have this conversation with somebody, because obviously they know I'm so enthusiastic about all these different things um, and they bring it up to me, uh, you know, whether it's at an institution, they're like, yeah, we're looking to kind of incorporate this whole holistic lifestyle medicine thing. Um, I mean, it's there, it's there. You can't deny it. Um, it's just a matter of like, how do we do that at the same time, making sure that, you know, reimbursements and all that good stuff. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just excited to get people here and continue to learn about how we can keep redefining it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the other thing that uh, Dr. Maven talked about uh, that she especially talks about in her podcast, Healthy Three Sixty Five, is walking the walk and having you know us as doctors, whatever we're preaching that we must live by as well. And while yes, physicians are just humans, right? We're just like everyone else, like she says, engineers to uh, mechanics to whatever it may be. We have a duty to show our patients what it's like to be healthy. It's like going to the gym and having a trainer who is out of shape. You're not going to get an effective workout. You're also not just probably going to listen to them because you have, you know, they're not walking the walk. And I think it goes, you know, it, it's, it's hand in hand with physicians as well, especially when she said that stat about 23 to 30% of physicians are um, obese. It's a scary statistic though, thinking about it. I mean, obviously it's better than the general population, but it's still something that says, hey, our healthcare system is being run by, you know, one out of every five people who is also not healthy, but telling me to become healthy. But then 
if they don't understand health, if they don't understand the importance of exercise and diet, what are they going to teach me? And it's most likely probably going to be in the form of pills, right? In the form of that easy fix. Um, so that was, that was just one of the biggest things that I also just tell all my students on Instagram is that you need to live the life that you would tell somebody else to live. Um, and it's tough to do, but again, it, it, it comes down to looking at your why, looking at your passion looking at the person you want to become and really just hammering it in there, hammering it down and, and, and getting to work so that you can help others. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for some reason, do as I say, not as I do, doesn't doesn't quite work well <laughs> with intelligent people, right? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, go figure on that one. Um, yeah, man, it's spot on. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of why, uh, you know, we, we connected real well because obviously, you know, we met, but we've been following each other and and uh, collaborating now because I think, yeah, you know, walking the talk, like she t- she says, is, is super important. And also from an experimentation standpoint, I mean, you are your own end uh, a lot of times when you are, uh, you know, looking at these things, because I, I, can't, I can't tell you so many times when it comes to, you know, from a strength, strength and conditioning perspective, uh, there's stuff that I do uh, from a rehab related perspective. I mean, you know, my inspiration to pursue sports medicine really started with my own injuries, right? And, and what we had talked about earlier. And so a lot of things I know have worked for me. Um Sometimes I have to wonder why. Uh, same thing with with diet and all that stuff. Sometimes you know a lot of my own experimentation happens with me, um, and 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 so there, when I have those discussion with patients, it's because I, you know I've tried some things, whether it's from intermittent fasting or high carb, like whatever it might be. Um, so that's another reason for you too. Um, it also gives you empathy uh, for your patients. You know, because I mean that's the most important thing we can have when we're we're talking patients is empathy. So if I'm talking to a patient about time restricted eating, or if I'm talking to a patient about losing weight or, uh, you know, cutting back on carbohydrates, cutting back on sweets, but because I'm genetically blessed and I can eat all that bad stuff and quote unquote bad stuff, I'll quit and do it that way. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it's like, that might be a challenge. Um, so same thing with sleep, yeah. you know, I'm not sleeping because I live in a high stress and I'm trying, trying to counsel a patient about trying to prioritize sleep. Um, but I don't know what that's like you know, with three children who are like less than four years old. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard to have empathy in that regard. And so, um, yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Cool. All right. Well, I think, you know, that was a, was a great recap or first one. Um, if you guys want to reach out to Simone Mabin, just Google her name, Simone Mabin. She's on Instagram. She's got a podcast called Healthy 365. Um, and she's open to all your inquiries. So, That's it for us. Uh, Hopefully see you guys at the next episode. Take care, guys. Well, guys, that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Medicine Redefined. But just as a reminder, everything in this podcast is for general information only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, and we are not providing any medical advice. No physician-patient relationship is formed, and anything discussed in this podcast does not represent the views of our employers. So if you liked it, please make sure to subscribe and share it with all your loved ones or anybody you know who might benefit from this. Until next time.